Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again. I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We're going to start off this show with why Speaker Johnson wants to protect January 6th insurrectionists. Move on to a grassroots effort to challenge Americans' right to vote. And follow all of that up with some 2024 presidential election predictions no one wants to hear. Let's begin, shall we? It's been a little over one month since Kevin, I'm the problem McCarthy, was voted out as Speaker of the House. And at the time, there were a lot of rumors going around the Capitol that the worst Kevin would end up taking his toys and going home. Congressman Kevin McCarthy now pushing back on reports he plans to step away from Congress just days after losing the Speaker's gavel. Well, Kevin McCarthy came out just a little bit ago and spoke to us reporters and said he is not resigning and that he has more work to do. You're not resigning? No, I'm not resigning. So you'll stay the entire term? I'm staying, so don't worry. I got a lot you think you're not running for re-election? He has sent very different signals in private conversations, saying he could step down early from Congress, but wanted to stick it out at least through the Speaker's election. Oh, Kevin doth protest too much. And when he does, you know, that's exactly what he's going to do. And by that, I mean leave. And kudos to that CNN reporter's sources, because it's just like they predicted Kevin would do now that the new Speaker has been chosen. Former Speaker of the House, Representative Kevin McCarthy, says he's planning to leave Congress. Kevin McCarthy announced that he is resigning from his congressional seat at the end of this year. The move comes about two months after the right wing of his party removed him as Speaker of the House of Representatives. An awful lot of animosity between uh, that group of uh, conservative Republicans that booted McCarthy. Although he says, I am leaving the House, but not the fight. Yeah, that's all real convincing when you make that kind of comment during your sudden retirement announcement. So you're leaving Congress at the end of the year before Californians get a chance to vote you out of office. And I got to say, that's the coward's way out, if I'm being honest. But hey, this is this asshole's only move. And not for nothing, but I remember back in the 2010s when Kevin was a part of that influx of Tea Party politicians who ousted John Boehner from his speakership and celebrated when John left Congress altogether a few months later. Now, a decade and some later, Kevin's getting the Boehner treatment from the maggots in Congress, who, let's be honest, are just the next evolution of the Tea Party anyway. <laughs> because Karma, she's a hell of a girl, ain't she? Oh, and apparently Kevin's some sort of distraction when he sits in during meetings of the Republican caucus, undermining the new speaker, Mike, I am not addicted to porn sites, Johnson, by simply being there. And besides, the maggots who ungaveled Kevin are really just sick of seeing his face every day. I do want to point out that with Congress down one more Republican, this is the perfect opportunity to replace this jackass with a Democrat, preferably one who isn't less than 10 years away from retirement age and realizes the future is progressive. But hey, a girl can dream, can't she? Anywho, the House is moving on from Kevin, 
hoping he's not home alone for the holidays, and focusing on new ways to protect the January 6th rioters who haven't been caught yet. The most powerful Republican in the country, the man who is second in line to the presidency as I speak to you tonight, Speaker of the House Mike Johnson, made a shocking announcement today about the release of raw footage from inside the Capitol on January 6th. Republicans have not yet released the full Capitol security footage from January 6th, as he promised his right flank, because they're busy still blurring, blurring the faces of the rioters so as to protect them, at least in part, from prosecution. House Republicans trust the American people to draw their own conclusions. We should not, they should not be dictated by some narrative and accept that as fact. So they can review the tapes themselves. Uh, we're going through a methodical process of releasing them as quickly as we can. As you know, we have to blur some of the faces of persons who uh, participated in, in, uh, in the events of that day because we don't want them to be retaliated against and, uh, and, and, and to be charged by the DOJ and, and to have other uh, you know, concerns and problems. I cannot believe he said that out loud. We just heard Double Talking Johnson say in one breath that they are releasing all 44,000 hours of riot footage from January 6th because Americans shouldn't have a narrative dictated to them as fact. And then in the next breath, Two-Face says the footage released is being delayed because they're busy blurring out the insurrectionist faces so they don't get arrested. I can't understand how this guy keeps a straight face when he is dictating a narrative to the American public as fact. No wonder the bastards love the poorly educated. Oh, and in the name of transparency, we will be absconding the criminals' faces so they don't get arrested because Republicans protect their own. And that makes this all the more egregious, knowing that there are insurrectionists out there who haven't been caught, and the FBI could use a few more eyes on the January 6th footage to help them identify your Trump flag-waving neighbor, and maybe the real estate agent who doesn't like colored people, and, oh, don't forget about your husband's girlfriend. She's sussy as fuck. Funny thing is... This is the same political party that built their brand on backing two authoritative industries, the military and the police. Those soon-to-be blurred-out faces belong to people who attacked police officers on January 6th. (laughs) But where's the fucks about the Capitol Police? Or as the former Capitol Police officer who was there during the insurrection put it, so let's talk to somebody who was there on the front lines that day as former Capitol Police Sergeant Acalino Ganell. Your reaction as you hear leadership in the Republican Party and loud voices in the media try to rewrite the story of what happened on January 6th. The new Speaker of the House uh, conflating some of the events and uh, trying to rewrite history is, is amazing. Uh, this is the same person who probably is a material witness to the events of January 6th. And if I were in his position, now of course I would also want to uh, blur out some of the uh, images. Damn, that cop has a good point. Did you know Mike never turned down an insurrection Johnson was one of the architects of Big Lebowski's Big Lie? In fact, during the planning phase, it was Trader Johnson who came up with the legal-ish argument that some states were violating their own election laws 
with mail-in ballots, expanding voting hours, installing more drop boxes in 2020 to ensure their citizens could vote because there was a fucking pandemic going on. Seditious Mike scribbled down some legal mumbo-jumbo that looked good to Scooby-Coo and voila, Eric's dad had a frivolous argument he abso-fucking-lutely used in court all over this country with legal don'ts such as the now-disgraced Rudy Giuliani, Sidney the Kraken turned state's evidence Powell, and Jenna I'm just a girl who pleaded guilty Ellis and failed spectacularly, I might add. So now we know just how deep little Mike's Johnson was in Cheeto Von Dictator's stolen election scheme, which makes sense that they're blurring out faces from the failed coup. See, I don't know for a fact that Mikey was a participant in more ways than one on January 6th. I just know he doesn't want anyone to recognize his face in a crowd. And while we're on the subject of how much of a douche the maggot crowd actually is, there is a fine bit of fuckery happening all over the country that may have affected you or someone you love or someone you don't, basically anyone. What I'm saying is those poorly educated cult members of the leaning gourd of orange have come up with a way to prevent their fellow citizens from voting in 2024, and this is fucking insane. There is indeed a national effort underway to police voter registration rolls. Conservative activists strategizing how best to deploy voter challenges across the country. People are convinced that the lie that voter fraud is what robbed Donald Trump of the presidency in 2020, well, a large number of these folks, generally coming from the right, have been sifting through registration lists and now questioning their fellow citizens' qualifications to exercise the vote. Citizen sleuths devote hours each week to inspecting county rolls, looking for signs of what they suspect is rampant fraud. More than 80,000 challenges have been filed against Georgia voters since 2021, when the Republican-led legislature changed the law, allowing one citizen to challenge an unlimited number of voters. So far, tend to target the same demographic categories. It's young voters, it's people of color, and it's people that are unhoused. You know, the kinds of people who probably aren't going to be voting for Donnie Two Scoops in 2024. In states like Georgia, Florida, Iowa, Nevada, and Pennsylvania, any member of the Ku Klux Klan hood or her sad excuse for a spouse could be looking through those voter rolls and challenging anyone's right to vote right now. And this is worse than the outright purges that we've been seeing going on in states like Ohio and Virginia. The Ohio Secretary of State has purged nearly 27,000 people from the voting roll. In Ohio, voters can be purged from the voter roll for inactivity. The Yunkin administration just admitted it made a huge mistake. The Department of Elections wrongly purged thousands of voters from its rolls. Department of Elections has chalked it up to, quote, a clerical error. Basically, files from Virginia State Police got miscategorized in the elections database. But the result, thousands of people had their right to vote stripped without knowing. And don't get me wrong, that fucking sucks. You probably should, but may not get a letter in the mail saying that you were purged from the voter rolls and have to re-register before you can vote again. And there is a simple process that you have to go through to regain your constitutional right, but 
When some retiree who thinks the 2020 election was stolen from Dingus Khan has nothing better to do on any given day of any week than to file over 500 voter rights challenges to anyone in her district. This is a problem, but it's also a true story. In 1991, James McWhorter returned from combat duty in the Gulf and struggled with alcohol and homelessness. When he last registered to vote in 2008, he used the only address he had, the barbershop. For 20 years, McWhorter used this barbershop as his mailing address. In October, the county sent him an unusual letter. His voter status was being challenged. The county was not challenging McWhorter's right to vote. A citizen of DeKalb County was. Her name, Gail Lee. She filed this document alleging McWhorter had improperly registered to vote using a commercial address. How many challenges have you filed? I think it's only about 500. They are bloated unnecessarily. I think God has been leading me in this. What is your feeling about who won the 2020 election? I believe Donald Trump won the election. Have you in your mind come up with an explanation of what the motive is? To disenfranchise a certain demographic. You got that right. And for those of you in the back, Gail is a white old lady with a pension for the good old days, and James is a black man who fought to protect Gail's right to be Gail, because sometimes it be that way. What shouldn't be that way is the fact that right now, there are a total of 39 states where any old Gail can challenge anyone's right to vote, and in only 15 of those states does Gail have to provide proof of her challenge, like evidence. And if you think that's bad, guess what? It gets worse. The Gales of America can file two types of voter rights challenges. The one that can be filed before election day and the one this bitch can file on election day. Basically, you could make it all the way to the polls and anyone could say, hey, I challenge you and file a declaration and does your vote count? Who the fuck knows? Because Donna Reed over there didn't like the way your skin doesn't lighten up when you stand in the sun. So seriously, folks, between the gerrymandering, the voter suppression bullshit going on every time we hold any kind of election, now we have to worry about Barbara down the street challenging our right to vote. I mean, it's not hard to call Marilardo out for lying about 2020 election results because... I have a clip of an anchor on Fox Never Was a News Channel doing just that. I got indicted four times because I'm questioning a crooked election, but we're not questioning it. We know the results. We know it. And when we go through courts, we want to redo the election. We want to look at it very carefully. We have so much information. There was so much corruption in that election. 2016, California, which I actually believe that if they didn't have rigged elections out there, if they didn't have all the paper about, you know, they send out like 36 million ballots and nobody knows where the hell they're going to or coming from. But I think if you had a real election and Jesus came down and God came down and said, I'm going to be the scorekeeper here, I think would win there. I think would win in Illinois and I think would win in New York. Well, the former president finally got around to some campaign promises amid lots of cheering, as you heard. Many untruths. The 2020 election was not rigged. It was not stolen. <laughs> now, see, that wasn't so hard. 
although the truth didn't sound all that natural coming out of the fox person's mouth, but still, the smallest of baby steps in the right direction. Meanwhile, the rest of us are starting to get nervous heading into the 2024 presidential election season with the most likely candidate for the GOP nomination being Wacko Donald. People like former Congresswoman Liz Cheney, who is still the daughter of war criminal Dick Cheney and members of the press, happen to be sounding a dictator alarm. Warnings that Donald Trump's re-election would pose a grave threat to American democracy, with Republican Liz Cheney sounding the alarm about a potential dictatorship. Do you believe if Donald Trump were elected next year that he would try to stay in office beyond a second term? I that he would never leave office? There's no question. Quite a warning from former Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney. She is not alone. From the New York Times, why a second Trump presidency may be more radical than the first. And this, from The Guardian, a second Trump term will be far more autocratic than the first. The special issue of The Atlantic magazine today lays out a detailed, compelling case about specifically what could happen if Donald Trump returns to the Oval Office. Two dozen essays by Atlantic writers outline how the threats to democracy will be bigger than ever before, potentially changing America forever. And folks, they weren't kidding. The writers of The Atlantic pulled no punches as they described an America where facts alternate depending on whatever Schittler happened to say that day. A land where the press is limited to fluff pieces and orange-washing current events, while in reality, comb-over Caligula is chomping on a Big Mac while his country burns because autocracy. And while some might say The Atlantic was just being hyperbolic, I think now would be a good time to play a clip from what Fox calls a town hall event, which translates to Sean the Net Kennedy sitting on stage with Wacko Donald in front of a poorly educated and probably hired off of Craigslist audience. Because that's how town halls are done when old drinks with two hands is in charge. But I digress. At this not a town hall, Hannity asked what would be a simple question for someone running for president of the United States. A softball question, if you will. If we were living in an alternate universe, of course, but we aren't. We're living in this one. And this is how Mayor McTreason responded. Former President Donald Trump participated in a town hall last night with Fox News' Sean Hannity. Donald Trump in Iowa last night offered ample, op offered ample opportunity by a friendly host and audience to make clear he won't lean into his authoritarian tendencies if he wins the election and did this. Yeah. Under no circumstances, you are promising America tonight you would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Yeah. Except Look, what? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill, that's drill, not a, that's, drill. That's not, no, no. that's not retribution. I got I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, he keeps... We love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. So that, oh, yeah, sure. After that, of course, no. How are Liz Cheney and The Atlantic catching on to how bad for America a second term with this ass butt would actually be? But 61% of Republicans are still clinging to the overbronzed gourd with all the might of their senior discounts. 
I have watched a plethora of interviews with these people talking all kinds of crazy and stupid. And I know that a lot of people have tried to understand their feeble minds and how they were duped by a third grade level grifter. But at this point, with Sherbert Dictator admitting on national television that on his first day, he's going to make all our autocratic nightmares come true. Voting for him would be the least American thing any of us could do. Which is why all my thoughts and prayers are funneled into my impossible dream that Nikki Haley will get the Republican nomination for president. And apparently, I'm not alone. Big news today in the 2024 presidential election. Just seven weeks before the Iowa caucuses, Nikki Haley's scrappy campaign got a major endorsement from Americans for Prosperity Action, a super PAC founded by the conservative billionaire Koch brothers. In a memo, the super PAC explained why Nikki Haley, citing internal polling that showed Haley outperforming Trump by 8 to 14 points in a matchup against Joe Biden in key battleground states. A statement by Americans for Prosperity Action reads in part, when we announced our decision to engage in our first ever Republican presidential primary, we made it clear that we'd be looking for a candidate who can turn the page on our political dysfunction and win. It's clear that candidate is Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley's approach has not gotten her within 20 points of Donald Trump in the Republican primary polls, even in her own state. Yeah, it's sad but true. Nikki Haley has only 9% of Republicans when asked by the CBS YouGov Salting Cracker poll, who very simply postulated who they'd vote for if the GOP nomination were to happen today or rather between October 31st and November 3rd when the poll was actually taken. In other polls, Nikki's support comes up by one or two points more, and even if we say for shits and giggles that she got 11% of Republicans voting for her, the traffic cone of treason still has 52% of people wanting to vote for him, and unfortunately that's a math problem. But what's not a math problem is what Nikki stands for, and here are the highlights from the fourth and final GOP debate. Look, we will take support from anybody we can take support from. I was a Tea Party candidate when I became governor. We opposed every single corporate bailout we possibly could. But when it comes to these corporate people that want to suddenly support us, we'll take it. I did a bill in Florida to stop the gender mutilation of minors. It's child abuse and it's wrong. She opposes that bill. That I'm, is the truth. I we never have it, said We have that. it on video. I said, that I said that if you have to be 18 to get a tattoo, you should have to be 18 to have anything done to change your gender. You said the gender. law should stay out of it. But look at where fentanyl came from. Let's go to the heart of the matter. It came from China. That's why we need to end all normal trade relations with China. Oh, your God. This bitch is going to be terrible for the country if she had a rat's ass chance in hell of ever getting the GOP nomination. In contrast to the former president's Nikki, there's a bullet in my stilettos, Haley, is an entire basket case of nopes. First off, this woman will take money from anyone who is handing it to her, and that is an important thing to consider when you are electing a person to run your country. Because at the very least, you don't want their four years in office spent repaying their donors with legislation, tax breaks, 
defunding governmental law enforcement agencies for the sake of making sure rich people are not prosecuted. And fun fact, you're going to get a lot of that with Nikki in the Oval. But then, not their nominee Haley likened gender-affirming care for minors to a teenager getting a tattoo, which is grossly ignorant of her, but totally on brand. It also misses the entire point of this debate Reich wingers insist on having. At the end of the day, the only people who should have a say in what gender-affirming procedures a child has or does not is their parents and their physician. Not Nikki, not any politician for that matter, should ever have a say, period. Because a person's identity should not be up for legislation. But the nail in her coffin of ignorance was the shit about where fentanyl comes from because I've said it before, folks, and I will say it again. As of 2022, and according to the National Immigration Forum, 88% of illegal fentanyl that enters the United States does so in the luggage of an American citizen. Americans are bringing the majority of fentanyl into this country. Americans are selling fentanyl. They themselves smuggled into the United States to sell to other Americans in America. And the kicker is the only reason Nikki and other Republicans give a shit about fentanyl in the first place is because statistically it's killing their voter base because they have grabbed all the old white people. Which makes this next bit all the more trash. Because here's Nikki Haley's views on why we should raise the current retirement age. The ones we change it for are those like my kids in their 20s coming into the system. We change retirement age to reflect life expectancy for them. We limit benefits on the wealthy. Instead of cost of living increases, we do increases based on inflation. And we expand Medicare Advantage plans, which seniors love that allow competition and reduce the cost of health care. Okay, so for those of you in the back, raising the retirement age only benefits the corporate class because they'll be able to hold on to you as an employee for longer and raising the retirement age alleviates the burden on Social Security boomers have been posing because of the sheer size of their generation, but mostly because they seem to be retiring all at once. And let's not forget, Republicans have been dipping into Social Security for decades, leaving less in it than when they found it. And when you math that problem, you quickly deduce there's literally not enough money for potentially 73 million Americans to suddenly become Social Security beneficiaries. And another thing, Medicare Advantage plans are healthcare plans and coverage managed by healthcare companies, not the government. In other words, it's all the things you hate about healthcare plans, but paid for by your tax dollars. See, here is Nikki regurgitating whatever Blue Cross and Blue Shield paid her to say. And if you want cost-effective health care, folks, you do what President Biden did with the Inflation Reduction Act. This law, among other things, allows the government to negotiate lower prescription drug prices, saving taxpayers $3.4 billion in 2020. 
to a loan. Real savings, folks. Actual savings. Not the bullshit talking points or schemes that benefit corporate donors. Because remember, when you go to the voting booth next year, if you have to take prescriptions, you want to vote for the guy who lowered that price for you. And that's all I have to say about that. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday. But if that's not enough for you, you can catch me on the podcast Face Palm America with host Beowulf Rockland, where we make fun of the news in real time. You can follow This Week Again on social media wherever you can find us. And we are available for your listening pleasure on Platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon, or basically wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you so much for listening to this show. Ta-der for now.